Lights, welcome to our second to last episode before Christmas, the penultimate pre-Christmas episode. I don't know anymore. Wait, or is the other one because it comes out on Christmas? Does that? I don't know. That I'm, is, no, that's our Christmas. That's special. our. Yeah, it's. Yeah. Uh, we'll get to that. Yeah. Uh, you're listening to This Week in Marvel. It's episode number 164. I'm Ryan Panagos, a.k.a. Marvel's Agent M, joined by... Ben Morse, uh, Marvel's Marvel.com senior editor. We've all been branded. It's a big year for that. Senior uh, editor now. I said senior editor, didn't po- I? Point, no. Like oh, po- senior now, editor, point now. All new senior editor, now, point one. I had my second, we'll call them senior moments, uh, <laughs> last night. At our holiday party, yeah. which is very nice. Um, a couple weeks ago, I had, of course had the gr- had the big accomplishment where Adrian Cohen asked me um, if she get my editorial opinion, and I said senior editorial opinion to really like drive home the douchiness. Yeah. You let it know. And let then it know. last night, um, someone said to me, "They're like, I don't think I could do your job. I don't think I could edit an edsi- a website." And I go, "Senior edit a website." <laughs> so take it. Keeping it alive. Yeah, deal with it. Uh, yeah, so like we said, last night was our big holiday party uh, uh. for digital and publishing. So we got together with all the comic editors mm-hmm. and put all the, the digital people who don't know how to interact with others. Oh, no, it's everybody's fun. great. It's just like dropping minnows into a piranha tank. Yeah. I guess. Yeah, Mike March just rampaging through. That's him eating people. Yeah, uh, but it was a good time. It's great to very hang out time. with folks and talk to a bunch of people I don't get to talk to very often. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're in the same office, but everybody's it's so, so funny. busy. There are people like, I don't think I see all year, other than the holiday party. My favorite moment last night: mm-hmm. I go over to the uh, one of the two small food tables where yes. the, the vittles were, yes. and <laughs> I see uh, Saf, one of yep. our lawyers, yep. uh, great lawyer for digital. And uh, Janine Schaefer and Sana Amanat mm-hmm. in uh, publishing, and they're chatting, and they're just you know talking, and like I'm getting some food and I'm listening to them a little bit. I'm like, yeah. and I wait, and I go, hey, wait a minute, is this the first time you have all met? Right? And they're like, oh yeah. Oh, wow. And Janine starts laughing. She's like, yeah. He asked us how long we've worked here, and we're like six years. Yeah. Uh, well, I guess just, why would they interact? No, and they would have no reason. But I thought it was great. Yeah, it is great. Sass exclusively. I I heard. I overheard probably more than anything last night. The phrase I heard was, "So what do you do at Marvel?" Wow. Which is that, but you know what? I which like is awesome. that. That's great because yeah. people mingling who just wouldn't know each other. There's a lot of new people. Um, thanks to everyone who put it together and hosted. it. I'm sure you all listened to the show, so um, we appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, like, I'm sure you do. I feel like it's necessary. I like we. I thanked everyone last night, but yeah. I'm like, you know, I feel like I feel like we're we're doing a nice little thing. We should probably say, you know, thanks to the, the folks who put it together, including our former intern Chloe, who, long time this week in Marvel listeners might remember. Was she? Uh, she had to have been on the show. She was. She was on several shows, and she now works here full time. And look at that, guys. Yeah. Dreams do come we true. We should really do, when an intern starts, I mean, not that it starts uh, happens often, but when an intern starts here, like, you know, these, these people who listen to This Week in Marvel, like, know them. Yeah. They're, like, amazing, they're like friends. We've got amazing listeners who have been with us for yes. a very long time. So, in cases, so, intern Chloe, who I don't know how long it's been on, she now works at Marvel, and she's doing a great job. Yeah, she's been here now, like, three or four weeks. So, give her a shout out. Actually, she's been here, like, two months. I talked to her about it last night. Wow. <laughs> she started in October. You know, um, hey, look, she only sits like 20 feet true. from me. It's true. But yeah, you guys should give her a shout. I think it's at Chloe A. Wilson on Twitter. Don't look at, at me. I don't know. I'm, I'm just confirming. At, at Chloe A. Wilson, uh, say congratulations to her. Yeah. So uh, we got some business. Down to business. Yeah. Got a lot of comics to get through. Uh, we've got our big Twim URC mm-hmm. that we've been building to for, mm. it seems like. This is a king size. Did we 
Yeah, because we you announced this one before we went to Vancouver. Because yeah. I, I read this on the plane, I think. Right. Yes. And then we we held it just because of all the craziness the last few weeks. All so. the craziness. Um. Yeah. So let's just dive right into the new I'll books for the in. week. I'll dive in with a little all new Captain America number two, written by Rick Remender. Gorgeous art by Stuart Immonen. Let's talk about Stuart Immonen for just a just a sec. Stuart Immonen is a guy who. I remember reading back in the 90s, looking at his art back in the 90s, and it was gorgeous back then. He has reinvented himself so many times over the years, and I think on Cap, he has done it once again. And this is just from coming off all-new X-Men going into all-new Captain America. So the story here is we really get to see Sam Wilson in action. It's a cool way to drop him in because he goes up right up against a bunch of Captain America's biggest enemies because they're all colluding in Hydra. They're in Begalia, which I love. It's a favorite uh, Rick Remender creation. The, uh, the red light nation, as he calls it. So Sam ends up flying out, trying to save this kid who he came after in the first place and ends up in a protracted battle with crossbones across the streets, gets some very unexpected help, but it's a good chance for Sam as a narrator to kind of give us a take on this is the kind of Captain America he is while also showing how his abilities and skills uh, make him a very different opponent for crossbones. Meanwhile, back at the ranch, uh, Baron <laughs> Zemo uh, sends all the other villains off and is torturing the heck out of poor nomad Ian Rogers, hinting at his larger plan. And there's a lot of hints in here at a much bigger Hydra agenda going on, which should really pique everyone's interest and which is really going to ramp up as this series goes. I feel like we've seen a lot of Zemo in the last couple of years. Yeah. And this was like a great way of like capping off like a good run for Zemo mm. and saying, okay, this guy is legitimately horrible yep. and epic and he's gonna do really bad things. It's a great yeah. elevation piece for him. Zemo is a great character. Yes. Um, I mean, he's been a pure villain. He had that great run with the Thunderbolts where he tried to redeem himself and you kind of saw why he can't fully, but there is a nobility to him. Yeah. So a lot of people always say, especially with the movies, I've heard a lot of people go like, well, you got Red Skull and then that's it. Captain America doesn't have any other villains, but that's totally untrue. Yeah. And like Zemo may be the prime example yeah. of that. And like, you know, his rationale here, you know, like as he starts, you know, talking about why he's doing mm -hmm. what he's doing, it's like, I don't I don't agree with him. No, but, but like he, I see yeah. His twisted he's logic very, to it. He's all. very Doctor Doom, Magneto esque, and that he's not just a I want to destroy everything villain. He's a, I in my head I I I know what's best. Yes, I'm gonna fix everything the way I think it yes. should be done. Well said. Yeah. Uh, up next, all new X Men number thirty four by Brian Michael Bendis, art by Mahmoud Aswar, Marte Gracia. Uh, this is more of the crossover between uh, our Marvel universe. All new X Men time displaced. They are now space displaced. Mm. They are in the Can't Ultimate Universe. My goodness, I like that Cyclops is still on the cover. Yes. Like, yeah. You know, I mean, you nice know, shout out. Like, no, because I like thematically. No, it's good. Mahmoud Asar gets to draw Cyclops. Yeah. Uh, also, Mahmoud Asar drew the Ultimate X Men. So he did. Kind of nice callback. Yeah, it's totally great. Um, and we get to see, you know, the the kids are split up. Gene uh, is with Miles, and they've they've gone to the. Xavier School, so they meet up with what's left of the X-Men, this crazy ragtag group now, uh, which is great because it's, you know, it's a team mostly, you know, women yep. X-Men. They're just awesome. Yep. Uh, you've got Iceman who is just... He's great. He gets thrown into Atlanta, mm -hmm. uh, and so it's really hot and it's really <laughs> funny. He's he's so quirky. Uh, you've got X twenty three 
and uh, Angel hanging out with Jim Hud- Jimmy Hudson. Yeah. And there's lots of fun little moments there where they're all like, I'm this, I'm this, whoa. Uh, Beast is well in Latveria dealing with Victor Van Damme. That who, weird. Yeah, real twisted guy, that guy. Uh, it's it's cool if you don't if you're not as familiar with the Ultimate Universe, uh, you get a hint that mutants aren't. It's not the same right. dynamic. Uh, mutants aren't like an evolutionary step. They were man-made. I definitely don't think you need to be familiar with the Ultimate you Universe. You don't. So it's it, this could be literally a what if where they're just going to an alternate universe and this is the first time we're ever seeing yeah. this universe and it's just kind of cool because it's different. Like there's an appeal for those of us who know the ultimate universe and it's like, oh, it's cool to see the two Jean Greys interacting. Yeah. But it's also, you know, the same as, you know, when they did, did Days of Future Past for the first time. Yeah, and I think my favorite part of it was the two Jean Greys interacting. I really, really that. was that. very cool. Um, nice surprise this week. Uh, we haven't had a... So wait, before you get into well, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. do you think N comes... Yeah, all right. Yeah, I, I agree. I want to make sure the yeah. Well, we're on the same yeah, page. Yeah, because to me, I'll explain. All right, so I'm going to do Avenger, the Avengers Now Handbook before Ryan does Avengers and X-Men Access. In my mind, Avengers and all modifiers of Avengers, so any like adjective after Avengers, comes before Avengers and something else. So, oh, see, I was thinking of, uh, thinking of You're it saying as... saying N comes before X? N- well, no, I was thinking the ambersand oh, is a symbol. Is at the very end. So it would be after that. So we came to the it's same the place. Same, it's the same conclusion. Our logic was, different the rationale. way we got there was different. It's the same, yeah. If they're like Avengers World was out, I would put it before Avengers and X-Men. Guys, you're listening to two editors it's talk great. about things and it's how our brains work. It's a lot of fun. Uh, senior editor. Yes. Um, and, and executive editorial <laughs> yes. director. Like, what are we? What are we, Strommy? <laughs> You'll get to that part later in the podcast. <laughs> okay. So, anyways, nice surprise this week. We have not had a uh, official Marvel handbook in a little bit, and we get one. We get Avengers Now Handbook Number One. I've already been picking away at this at home. Uh, a lot of new characters featured here. Pretty much anyone who's been a major player in the Avengers or the Avengers titles in the last couple years gets a nice little update. There's a huge, very cool update for the Avengers in general that tells you what all of the individual members have been up to just in the last little bit. These are always fun. Um, they're a good value. They're It's $4.99, but you get a lot of information. It'll take you a ton of time to read. You will not read this in the course of a train <laughs> ride, and it's good reference. So that's my pitch for that. Yeah, super cool if you want to learn. Yeah. Learn. Good art. Great art, too. Uh, yeah. Uh, Avengers and X-Men, Axis number eight, the penultimate issue, I believe? It is the yeah. penultimate issue. Last week's issue is out next week. My goodness. Uh, so this is uh, the second part of book three, New World Disorder. And uh, the title of this one is Why They Sting. Mm. Love it. Remender's titles on Axis have yeah. been just even a cut above his normal work. Yeah. Uh, drawn by Lenny Francis Yu with tons of anchors doing a great job like there's a first couple pages in here I was like whoa this is some excellent uh, mm. stuff from Lenny and crew uh, but this is a big old fight violence issue there is a lot of bloodshed a lot of punching a lot of you know powers being thrown and used and craziness as you know you've got our the different groups you know really coming together and throwing down uh, Rogue versus Claw uh, hmm. Thor, or the um, the Odinson, yeah. Odinson versus Apocalypse, which is fuck. That's like a dream match. Yeah, did so you almost curse. I almost did. But I think you've rendered yourself enough that we don't need to censor it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and really huge moment that will clear up a question that many of you probably had based on a uh, cover for an upcoming issue. It's so all right. Look, this is so just like slid in there and it's so Rick basically saying like hey I like this character 
Like, but it's fine. Yeah. He justifies the logic, but the fact that it's a very small moment and just kind of so matter of fact, I loved that. Yeah. It really like to me, it was like I don't know, it, like it felt like Rick was right there talking to me. Yeah, saying and like, "Hey, it, I like this character. I'm gonna bring him back." Yeah, and it uh, it does a great, great job of elevating though. the character too, right into the middle of the series. Absolutely, puts it front and center. And really he's a, cool. And he's a character who I thought had a lot of potential. Who we not got rid of, but who who went away sooner than he should. Yes. Have. So I'm. This is. I am fine with this uh, this decision. 100%. Uh, and then crazy stuff right at the end, yeah. and you know it's going to get all pulled together for the final issue. More Axis, we get Axis Hobgoblin number three, and I've really enjoyed this series, this little slice of life. It's so kind of absurd and funny. Kevin Shinnick does a great job writing it. Javier Rodriguez is killing it on art, and we should have some Javier Rodriguez news coming up very shortly. Nice. Um, big Javier Rodriguez news, which is great because he's amazing. Yes. He's an amazing artist. So this is the uh, final showdown between the Hobgoblin and the Goblin Knight. Uh, Phil Urich, who I guess is calling himself the Goblin King now. Um, Hobgoblin's got his team of like franchise heroes, which I just love because it's all old Marvel loser heroes like D-Man um, in new identities. Uh, and Missile Mate, who he thinks is on his side, secretly planning to betray him. We get kind of like a bunch of bluffs and double bluffs as Hobgoblin and Goblin Knight are fighting. Uh, they keep trying to one-up each other with tricks and kind of like, you know, fake-outs. And Hobgoblin really shows his true colors as far as his inversion. Um, as far as, you know, I, it's not necessarily that he's a hero. This, this really illustrates the, it, it, the inversion doesn't really make them heroes. It just means he's, he's trying to do good, but in his hobgoblinish way um and it dovetails nicely into the bigger axis event um i wouldn't mind seeing this kind of more focus on hobgoblin this hobgoblin specifically i think kevin shannon could do some cool stuff on the businessman hero or villain if he ends up getting uninverted yeah uh but it was a lot of fun totally uh axis revolutions Number three. Oh my uh, god, this first story. Two I, stories. I knew you. You and Tim Dillon so are probably much. bugging. It has out. nothing to do with the lead character. It's the way, number one. Spider Boy John, John Barber, Barber, former Marvel it. editor. It's. It was. I never knew I needed an emo Iceman. Oh my god! Until I read this story. Talk That's all it. you need to know. Oh, emo so Iceman. Well, so over the top. It's and like so delightful. Emo. Like broody Batman, oh, Iceman, and it is fantastic. But it's like a it's it's a guy pretending to be Batman and like kind of making fun of. Uh, well, yeah. not intentionally. Like I'm no, saying, Ice weird, weird. It's a joke that we're like the story is told. Like no, I'm saying, this Iceman in this story reminds me of a guy who's doing a Batman imitation to be funny, but he's not trying to be funny. Right. Yeah. Yes, I get that. Yeah, because he's definitely he is feeling it. Mm -hmm. In this story, and it's terrific. He gets he gives himself a new moniker, mm -hmm. which I won't spoil for you guys because you better read this damn story. So good, fun art, and then the second story by Howard Chaikin writing and drawing it, and it's all about Latveria and Doom, and um, you know he's been averted and how he's dealing with a very specific uh, group of rebels and insurgents, and really cool stuff. Black Widow, number 13, written by Nathan Edmondson, art by Phil Noto, and 
in a world where Phil <laughs> Noto is amazing each and every time he puts pen and whatever tools he uses to paper. Butter. Uh, he, puts butter. But he paints with butter. Paints with butter. From cover to final page, this may be some of his finest work. The colors in particular. There's a lot of stuff set in. I'm just looking at a page where he uses leaves, where he portrays fire, where he does conversations. It's kind of a transitional issue because it's coming off a big event that really shook up the status quo for this book um, in a lot of ways. And leading into Black Widow kind of, you know, after a year of loosely connected stories going after her big bad. So this is really the issue that's like, okay, I'm transitioning out of what happened, I'm dealing with it, and I'm making my plan, and then by the end of the issue, she's on the road. But Noto, with his art, elevates it so high um, above just a typical kind of clearing the decks issue. Um, I don't want to say a lot else. I, I would just get into straight recap, but... It's a good place to jump on board Black Widow. You get a nice little recap of what's been up. I think you'll want to go back and read the other issues, but it looks like next issue is really going to kick off what this has all been building to. Yeah. All right, on to Captain Marvel number 10, written by Kelly Sue. Captain Marvel. Captain Marvel. Mm -hmm. uh, and we've got three artists because yeah. there are uh, three different sections of this, really. Yep. Uh, we've got David Lopez, Marcio Takara, and Laura Braga. Uh, and... So it's told, basically, Carol's in space, and she's feeling a little homesick, uh, and she's got a whole bunch of letters. She's hanging out with um, Tig? Tick? Tick. Tick. Something like that. Yeah, Tick. Uh, Tick and Lila, Lila. Cheney, and uh, Carol's got all this mail that, uh, you know, she's got letters from friends. So she's got a letter from uh, Kit, who's her sidekick, a little girl who uh, is part of the Carol Corps, adorable, tells the first part of the story, uh, the um, uh, with art by David Lopez. The second part is uh, a letter from Jessica Drew, Spider Woman, who is Carol's best friend um, or one of her best friends. And then the third one and is your best friend. Can you have more than one best friend? Sure. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and uh, the third one is from her. You know the budding relationship yeah. she was having right at the, the beginning. Budding of the relationship she ran away from. Yeah. Uh, with Rhodey. Yeah. Uh, Iron Patriot, I guess, at this point. Yeah. But as we saw, when time runs out, it's still going on. So, <laughs> yeah. Good. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you know, there's some really cool, really sweet, really funny moments, as is the case with all the all the issues of Captain Marvel. Uh, really great sort of way to wrap up that one part of the story. Mm -hmm. And I really dig what you know, Carol's coming back to Earth. Yeah. So that's be big. super cool. Very big. You again. I'm up again. Death of Wolverine, the Weapon X program number four. Uh, this is written by Charles Soule, art by Angel Unzueta. Mm. Uh, we get a lot more insight into these characters. We get a ton more insight into these characters, actually, in this issue. Uh, getting to see, really, like how they've been changed and twisted and um, really against their will. Uh, and, and, you know, new powers developed and all this stuff. And a big revelation for the main, yeah. sort of the main character Sharp. driving this one, Sharp, uh, and there were some hints, you, you know, like you, if you uh, really know Wolverine mm -hmm. lore, you might have picked up on it, but I thought it was a cool, uh, you know, touch in there right yeah. at the end showing what is really going on with that guy. Deathlock number three, written by Nathan Edmondson, beautiful art by Mike Perkins. We're still kind of getting to know Henry Hayes, the new Deathlock, uh, and there's a lot of 
subplots going on here, a lot of plate spinning as far as S.H.I.E.L.D. going after him, as far as the involvement of a certain former Deathlock, uh, and a character that Nathan Edmondson loves that we love. But the main focus here is to keep showing Henry Hayes in action as Deathlock, kind of contrast uh, what kind of guy he is as a civilian, his past we get a look at here, but also kind of just the, the sadness of his current state of existence where um, you know he's doing these missions against his will, he doesn't know what's going on. So we've yet to get into kind of a super story here, but as we get to know Henry, he's really becoming immediately a fully fleshed out character. And again, Perkins doing the character he's wanted to do for years, really stepping up to the plate and killing it. Yeah. Uh, so last issue of Electra, it was number eight. This is number nine, written by Hayden Blackman, art by Mike Del Mundo. And last issue, uh, Electra was facing off against um, the Hand, and um, they had a dragon. And it was going to be really bad news for her. Uh, but here we get a sense of uh, things sort of maybe turning around for her. She's, um, she's meeting up with a character who I thought was dead, but... Um, is not a no. cool mystical character that we have in our pocket, which well, I... They, yeah, we thought, everyone thought she was yeah. dead. So I dig what's going on there, uh, and sort of a twist on how she can take on the hand uh, in a different way. Also, there's this two-page spread that is just absolutely gorgeous as, um, you know, Electra sort of succumbs to some forces. Yeah. I'm trying to be vague, because I, I don't want to spoil too much for you guys, but it's really cool stuff. Uh, you know, really deep emotional stuff for Electra that we get into here, which is awesome. And then we get back to the dragon business. Hmm. Oh, my God. Everything. You love dragons. Oh, I love this so much. I know you love dragons. If you love dragons and really violent comics, this is all you. Yeah. Uh, it's terrific. Uh, we get a sense of, like, who these, you know, high-level hand ninja dudes are. And even them, they have to go against Electra. Ain't good news. Uh, but... Electra may not have gotten uh, her mission done in time. Uh, we'll see some some crazy stuff happen by the end, uh, and we'll see where that leaves her and Bullseye and, and all the other characters. But, man, I love that book. Okay, so next up is Fantastic Four, number 14, written by James Robinson, art by Leonard Kirk, along with Mark Lamine. This is basically the secret origin of... John Eden, a.k.a. The Quiet Man. Uh, James Robinson's been doing kind of a conspiratorial thing the whole time, the idea that a lot of people are behind all the forces that have brought down the Fantastic Four. And we, now we know it's this guy, John Eden. But right on the first page, I actually thought this was an editorial error. We see uh. <laughs> this figure jumping up with this scratchy face, talking about how he's in love with Sue Storm. We find out this is actually John Eden, but his face is obscured because we're not supposed to know his identity. He His backstory is... He went to school with Sue. He was in love with her, and then Reed stole Sue away. Um, as Reed argues, I didn't really steal her away. You just never had the courage to ask her out or do anything like that. Um, we find out he's behind all of this. Uh, he's an interesting guy. He won't reveal his true face. He doesn't even remember what his true face was. He uses all this shape-changing technology, but he's been attempting to bring down the Fantastic Four. Um, and what I really like is this reveal, this double page spread, where he basically says, do you think it was a coincidence that so many random villains over the years have come after the Fantastic Four? So this guy instantly is a very important figure in Fantastic Four lore. We get more of the Heroes Reborn Avengers, which is fun, because it's so weird and crazy. And uh, I like, and it's kind of creepy that they're just 
basically yeah. like husks. Yeah, it's just basically like, you know, you you guys abandoned this Heroes Reborn universe, but there was still stuff there. Um, and then the end, we see a whole host of random hero characters. Again, I think something I like about what Robinson's been doing is just utilizing the Marvel Universe, uh, utilizing all the characters. And next month, we're jumping from issue 14 to issue 642. What, what, what? That's right. And asking the question, are these the last days of the Fantastic Four? All right. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, number 22, written by Brian Michael Bendis, art by Valerio Schiti and David Lopez, colors by Jason Keith. Uh, we got two threads going on in this issue. One is Venom, is the Venom symbiote is loose on the Guardian ship. Uh, and right now, when you, st- when you open it up, it has taken over Groot. And it's terrifying, and it's gross, and it's awesome. Uh, and then they have to deal with it, so it turns into like a uh, an alien type situation where they're on the ship, and it's just you know it could be anywhere. It's all around the place, and um, uh, super cool, super creepy story there. On the flip side, we've got um, dealing with the Spartax Empire, uh, and they need a new president since Jason mm. has been ousted, was ousted by his son. Star Lord, and uh, we get to see uh, a great reaction from Captain Marvel when she finds out like the political maneuverings and things that are happening with the Spartax Empire. She has a great line in here uh, as she's paying attention to all this. And by the end, so the symbiote is on a different, a couple different members so of great. the cast, and it's terrific. It's totally like this is what I would want to see when I was twelve, but I still want to see it now. Yeah. Inhuman, number 10, still tying over into Axis, written by Charles Soule. Beautiful art by Ryan Stegman. Um, you know, if Ryan Stegman does something well, it, he has to do it really well for us to compliment him. So it says a lot that I'm saying he did a good job on it's, this issue. I, I got to say, he's ridiculous. Yeah, he really the is. The art in this book is phenomenal. It like, is. Like, I, 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 I can't even put into words. Mm-hmm. He is so good at this point. I'm so proud and happy for yeah. him. It's insane. It, it's really the important part of Inhuman is to create this world within the Marvel Universe because they have to feel separate in a way. Um, when Spider-Man shows up like he does in this issue, it has to feel like he's crossing over into this almost sub-universe because the Inhumans are their own universe unto themselves. They have a whole city of people and beyond that, a whole race of them. So this literally is almost its own Marvel Universe. So, you know, seeing it look very different than any other Marvel book is important. It's important for people like Medusa, who in this issue has a different look that she established last issue because she is inverted uh, per axis. So her hair is tightened up in these crazy, like, bunned-up ponytails, and she's using them more, like, weapons than ever before. But just the way, like, Gorgon looks and Triton has a new look, like, they really, really stand out. And the new characters, like Reader and Legacy and all these great characters, it's, it's awesome. The story is twofold, and I like how Soul paces it, where you'll get like three or four pages of one story and then jump to another, because it actually really made me like, wait, I want to know what happens on mm. the next one, but I couldn't you know, skip around. So it's really, really laid out. On one end, you've got Medusa deciding, okay, I'm going to war with humanity. Screw this. Enough of the Inhumans being kind of segregated to this island. She goes before the United Nations. Someone close to her has called the Avengers for help because they're like, yo, Medusa's out of control. Yeah. Um, so, she, this. so she goes to the United Nations and Spider-Man ends up crashing <laughs> and preventing her from making too much trouble. Out of all the Avengers, too. I, I know. Just, I love that Spider- it's Spider-Man. Well, I mean, consider, though, it's Axis. 
So most of the Avengers are inverted. Spider-Man's one of the few who is not, and all the other ones are, you know, in a prison somewhere. So this does actually tie in. Spider-Man's the one who's available. Um, unless, like, Steve Rogers with his cane, you know, came over and going, ah, get off of my United Nations lawn. <laughs> so you had that, and you get a fight between Spider-Man and Medusa where, again, Medusa, her power is just hair that she can do anything with. And sometimes that seems silly, but in the hands of the right writer and artist, it's awesome. Yeah. She has really, really cool powers. And when Charles Soule gets done with you know the 20 books he's working on right now, if he'd like to write some Spider-Man, I would love to see that, because he gets the wit and the heart of Peter Parker right off of that yeah. in just a few pages. I think what we're seeing here is like a team really yes. gelling, yeah, really yeah, yeah. showing how damn good they are at yeah. making comics, and really, like, they've found their footing in the book, and they found it a couple issues mm -hmm. ago, really, but here it's just, like, just every issue is just leaps and bounds. Yeah. They're doing I, amazing I stuff. I think you and I book. talked, I don't know if it was on the air or off the air, about Inhuman, how it was kind of like, it was a book that, you know, Charles came in after the book was already conceived, and it took him a little while to get his footing, like, he was good right off the bat, but the leaps and bounds, like you said, since he came in, since Stegman became the artist, because he wasn't the original artist. Right. So this is really like, yeah, 10 issues in, we're really starting to see the surface of what these guys can do, and it's really impressive. Yeah. And then on the other side, there's a whole other story going on here where Reader uh, delivered new character Iso to this group that he thought was helping in humans, but in fact they had more nefarious purposes in mind. So he has to go on a rescue mission. We get to see Reader use his powers, which are awesome. You get to see Iso kind of stand up for herself for the first time and the design of this capo guy i love his weird dinosaur looking thing just all around just a really really good book reader's um, probably my favorite new character that we have reader's great i still like the cop character who got introduced a couple issues ago <sighs> yeah. in frank human frank whatever yeah doctor he has he has a code name that he hates dr eyes i don't know there's a lot of characters in here it's crazy yeah. that that Black Bolt stuff, the Black Bolt Maxis stuff was like two issues back now. Yeah. Like, we're already, it's just moving at a rapid pace. It's great. Really, really good. Um, I have also got Marvel Universe Avengers Assemble Season 2, Number 2. You know, a little bit of a mouthful. So this is, of course, adapting the second episode of the second season of Marvel Universe Avengers Assemble. And that is Thanos Rising, originally written by Kevin Burke and Chris Doc Wyatt, adapted by a boy, Joe Caramagna. Right on. Uh, so talking about teams that are really at their uh, the top of their game, we've got Miles Morales, Ultimate Spider-Man, number eight, by Brian Michael Bendis, Dave Marquez, Justin Ponsor, and Dave Marquez. Mm. I didn't even, right? I kept like, having to look back at the credits to see if this was him it, or I, had a different inker or I, something. I was looking at this and I was like, wait, this can't, this still, like, I read this a couple days ago. It wasn't, it was still Dave Marquez at that point. Maybe something changed mm -hmm. and the credits changed on the book, you know, in a couple days. But no, he d he uses a completely different style to tell a flashback sequence uh, set 25 years ago uh, based around Miles' dad and uncle. And really, like, what their deal was and why Miles' dad was so weird about a lot of things, mm -hmm. what the history was, why they had their, their rift, a whole bunch of things. Uh, and it's it's phenomenal. This is one of my favorite issues of the series, and I friggin' love this series. Yep. You guys know every time we get an issue, I'm super excited. Uh, but we get to see their history. We get to see what Miles' dad was really all about. We get uh, a, a camp... I, a guest appearance from a major yeah. Ultimate Universe character, yep. which factors incredibly heavily into everything, and it really like puts a whole bunch of pieces together. Uh, and there's more to tell. There's more to find out in the next issue. I, I finished it. I was like, 
damn it. Mm -hmm. I need that. I want the rest of the story right now. Yeah. So good. Moon Knight, number 10, written by Brian Wood, art by Greg Smallwood and Jordi Belair, of course. Uh, last issue had a crazy resolution where Moon Knight's psychiatrist, we learned that she had her own agenda. Uh, it has to do with some other stuff that's been set up in the series, um, some pretty hot-button stuff. And basically, Mark Spector got uh, kicked out of the old conchu armor. Um, someone else is now using it in this issue, they approach someone who is supposed to be a security guard for a visiting, quote-unquote, dignitary. Uh, they have something they would like the security guard to do. It's another one of these done-in-one but tying into the larger stakes issues. Uh, the art is very different. It's very poignant. It's very, uh, very just emotional. Um, and this story of just this woman who, again, this is what Moon Knight does so well is that we meet these characters for an issue but we really get to know them. Uh, she has a choice to make. She can either... Um, do the right thing. Well, I don't even know what the right thing is here. Uh, it's a very morally murky issue, and the choice kind of gets taken out of her hands, but just leading up and seeing what this character will do. Um, it's another it's another book that's hard to get into without going page by page, but Wooden Smallwood doing some crazy stuff there. Totes. Uh, we got Ms. Marvel, number 10, by uh, newly exclusive uh, G. Willow Wilson. Welcome. Welcome. Uh, amazing art by Adrian Alfona and Ian Herring. Uh, so Kamala has, you know, she's on this mission. She's trying to take down this inventor. She's trying to free all these people that he's captured. Uh, and they come out and they're like, well, we kind of, we're, we're kind of like not captured. Yeah. We're sort of helping out because we kind of believe in this whole thing that he's got going on. It's crazy. It's messed up. But we see where he's coming from. And she's like, you guys are nuts. Uh, let me... We, we got to stop this guy because he's, he's hurting people. Mm -hmm. So there's lots of battles, great robot design, uh, amazing maniacal villainy. Uh, Kamala is just great. We got Lockjaw action, some sad Lockjaw action in here, uh, some big-time cool stuff. I love how Kamala is, like, filling out her hero-ness. You know, mm -hmm. she's, like, she's being a leader. She's being uh, really great about, you know, working together and banding people together. And, and trying to do the best she can against all odds. Uh, terrific, terrific stuff. And uh, she's in for a big battle next issue. Yeah. Scarlet Spiders number two, part of Spider-Verse, written by Mike Costa. We've got the team of Ben Riley from an alternate universe, Scarlet Spider Kane from our universe, and then Ultimate Black Widow. They have gone to the world of Genix, who is one of the inheritors, the smart one, uh, the brainy one, because every family has one. And he's kind of taken over this world, made it a science-dominated world, subjugated all these heroes and scientists and other people, and he's using it to clone bodies of himself, his siblings, his parents, so that any time they get killed, they can transfer their essence right into another body. So while Black Widow tries to get the lay of the land of his uh, lab, we've got the oddball, fun buddy cop team of Scarlet Spider and Ben Riley teaming up. Ben Riley's eternally optimistic. Kane, our favorite, is just a dour jerk. Um, and they, they try to storm this lab. They try to do it subtly. They're terrible at that. So they end up just kind of busting heads and trying to make their way in. We get to see um, a different take on Johnny Storm. We get to see a different take on Miles Warren, which was kind of sad and funny and all sorts of stuff. Uh, Paco Diaz does the art here. Israel Silva does the colors. And it's really vibrant. It's really exciting. It's really textured and just conveys action very very well 
Um, I love reading about Kane. I really like this version of Ben Riley. I think Mike Costa is really finding his way around these characters. So, you know, maybe he gets to do some more. And a battle with Genix, who's been kind of off to the side, looms for the final issue coming oh, up next. Oh, man. Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, we've got She-Hulk number 11, I believe, the penultimate issue of it is. the series. That's it. Uh, for At least for this go-around. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, written by Charles Soule, art by Javier Polito, and uh, Munsa Vicente. And so uh, it, it really just is a throwdown between She-Hulk and Titania. Uh, just amazing stuff where Titania punches uh, She-Hulk through many floors of a building, then swings her like Thor swings his hammer mm. up and from Brooklyn all the way to Jersey. Yeah. And I was like, I get how far that is. Yeah, I've driven, I've driven that. that it's really far. Bananas. It takes forever. Yeah. Uh, she lands in the Palisades, and there's this whole thing where they're like going uh, through the mountains and everything, and they fight in this secluded area. No, the Palisades is not Jersey, to clarify. Yes, it is. It's not. The Palisades like where we used to go? The Palisade starts in Jersey. Really? Yeah. Weird. Yeah. Mm. Um, and then uh, Volcana shows up. Sure, why not? Yeah. Uh, so they're going to you know, take down She-Hulk. Yeah. There's a reason for it. Everyone it from in... Secret Wars gets a rebirth this of year. Of course. Uh, it, it really it ties into like the bigger story that we've been seeing for a while in this book. Uh, we get some assistance for She-Hulk from Hellcat and some big stuff coming from Angie and Hi-Hi. 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 Uh, crazy stuff. I don't want to spoil it because it was really cool. It was yeah, really fun. It was a neat reveal. And I don't know. It's or like half a reveal because we don't know the full story. We no. even get like, she hooks like, what is going on? Angie's like, wait, I got to tell you this other thing first. Yeah. And man. It's uh, a credit to Soul and Pluto and everyone how little this last page would have mattered mere months ago. Yeah. And how now it's like, oh, man, yeah. that guy. Yeah. So, so good, for, good for them. Spider-Woman number two, another Spider-Verse tie-in. I loved the first issue of Spider-Woman, and this is keeps up the momentum. This new series, fantastic. I think Dennis Hopeless has found his, his muse, his voice. He writes a fantastic Jessica Drew. Her mix of humor and kind of sarcasm, just kind of her jaded take on heroism, is really, really winning me over. It's a, it's a voice that I think is a lot of fun. She's a, she's a pro, she knows what she's doing, but she's kind of just like, just the way she's kind of like, oh, this, like, with everything. So she is now in the, uh, the Loom World, which is the home of the Inheritors, the most dangerous place a spider can be right now. And what she finds out is she has a counterpart on this world who is held in very high regard by everybody, uh, including this skeevy pirate who she has to deal with. And I love she even talks about kind of using her pheromone powers, how much she hates doing it. Um, we meet the other Jessica, who is hilariously awful. And then we also have Silk getting up to trouble and causing problems for Spider-Woman. So this sting operation she's trying to do, trying to go undercover, trying to do all this stuff, uh, it's complicated by Silk. It's complicated by her doppelganger. It's complicated by all this stuff, but she still manages to get the job done. Greg Land does a great job illustrating it. I am very, very much on board for Spider-Woman. And depending on when you listen to this podcast, there's some huge Spider-Woman news coming out today, tomorrow, at some point in the very near future. I think, yeah. Yeah. Today is It should be out today. It won't be on Marvel.com today, but yeah, we'll, it'll be out there. Final book of the week is A Storm, number six, written by Greg Pak, 
art by Al Barrio Nuevo, Tom Parker, and Ruth Redman. And uh, Storm is recovering after her whole ordeal with Yukio mm. last issue or last couple issues. Uh, she's trying to get back home. She's on this chartered flight. Uh, it's a small plane with just a couple people. It looked awesome, though. I would love to ride on that plane. I've been on that kind of plane. Good for you. Private type jet. Oh, it was so nice. It ruins you. I'll oh, tell you that. Yeah. It ruins you That's for true. flying. You're forever. probably right. I no, don't I do it. I won't do it. Uh, anyway, um, she's on this flight. She's dealing with uh, a bigoted senator. She's dealing with uh, a nurse who's totally awesome. Uh, and then they're flying, and of course, things go awry. There's a storm. She fixes the storm. Then there's terrorists, and she has to deal with the terrorists. And she is storm, and she's awesome, and she saves the friggin' day. Mm. Uh, but you know, she is a little worse for the wear by the end of it, and uh, I, I love that book. What's your term of the week? Oh, gosh. I'm on the edge of my seat. Oh, gosh. Not really. I'm comfortably in my oh, seat. Oh, God. What are we going to... Ah, so many books. So many good books. Hmm. Uh, I'm going to go with Miles Morales, Ultimate Spider-Man number eight. Done. Ooh, it's a good book. Yeah. Inhuman. Hands down. Oh, yeah. Inhuman is on fire. Uh, get in on the ground for that one. Yeah. All right. Also on sale this week, collections, all new X-Men volume four, all different. Cyclops volume one, Starstruck, Daredevil by Mark Wade volume seven. Marvel first, the 80s volume three. Marvel Masterworks Famous First 75th Anniversary Slipcase Set, the second edition, is out this week. Yes. Yeah. Um, we sold so many of the first sold ones. So many. Great. Thunderbolts Volume 5, The Punisher versus the Thunderbolts, which is the conclusion of the latest Thunderbolts volume. And Uncanny X Force by Rick Remender, The Complete Convection Volume 2. Also on the app this week, uh, everything we just talked about, with the exception of Marvel Universe Avengers Assemble and Amazing Spider Man issues 123 through 128 and 130 through 131. Uncanny X-Men 329 through 332, and the first seven issues of War Machine from 1994. All right. Collections on the app this week, we've got Astonishing X-Men Unmasked, Civil War, Marvel Universe, Iron Age, She-Hulk, Volume 6, Jaded, Thunderbolts, Volume 5, Punisher vs. the Thunderbolts, and X-Men New Age of Apocalypse. And on Marvel Unlimited, we've got a ton of books. We've got Avengers, number 31, Avengers World, number 8, Cable, number 20, from the 1993. Yeah, that's the only archive book that was out on Unlimited this week. I don't know why, but I'm excited for that. It's awesome. Uh, Daredevil number four, Electra number three, Inhumanity, Superior Spider-Man number one, Iron Man number 28, Iron Patriot number four, Nightcrawler number three, Nova number 18, Original Sin number four, and Original Sins number one, Savage Wolverine number 20, Secret Avengers number four, she-Hulk number five, Uncanny X-Men special number one, and Wolverine number eight. Now, I remember last week we had a note and a request to go through right. the trades a little bit slower. Which I did not do. We totally forgot. But you did a great job with those just now. I didn't mean to. You did, though. Uh, you were very slow. So apologies. We're, we're going to try to keep thinking about oh, maybe, yeah. hopefully. Ho- hopefully it was kind of slow this week, yeah. but we're, yeah, it's yeah. in our hearts. It's in our hearts. It's always in our hearts. News. On the comic side of things, we counted down our best of 2014 lists this week. They should all be up right now. We did heroes. We did villains. We did teams. We did fights. Uh, you guys let us know what you think. Uh, these are subjective lists. We picked them. Um, they're in our cool new listicle feature. And let us know what you think. Uh, hashtag This Week in Marvel so we can discuss them yeah. in the future. I was happy with how they came out. I could discuss them by myself next week. Yeah, that'll be great. Um, <laughs> we'll get to that in a bit. Moon Knight 
Had a new show out this week, as we talked about with Brian Wood and Greg Smallwood. But after they're done, we've got a new team coming on, Cullen Bunn and Ron Atkins. Uh, we spoke to Cullen earlier this week about his plans. Can be a little bit more of a supernatural bend to it. That should be kind of cool. And the first guys from Ron Atkins looks amazing. Two Marvel 75th anniversary articles, uh, big ones, a lot of fun. First of all, Tim O'Shea talked to Peter Milligan, Mike Allred, and Axel Alonso about ecstatics. That was really neat, just them taking a look back, especially getting Axel's take. Um, but Milligan and Allred were just you know, great. They're really enthusiastic, and they would love to do the book again in a heartbeat. We will have to pick the beginning of that, the X-Force yeah. issues at some point. That was actually my immediately thought after reading the article was, I kind of want to do this on Twin URC, but I think figured we'll, we'll wait a little while because Marvel Zombies and that were kind of in the same era. Yeah. So I wanted to jump a little bit, but sure. yeah, uh, that stuff was so good. And then Tim Stevens also did a piece on uh, September 11th, 2001, and how Marvel commemorated and also dealt with that because it was very, you know, it was a huge deal, and uh, Marvel's based in New York, and there was a lot of reaction. There was a lot of stuff to talk about there. So he did a very nice piece on that. Also want to remind you guys that Marvel Unlimited is currently running a special deal where you can get two months, two months for the price of one, one, which is nine ninety nine, nine ninety nine. Um, you can do that for a limited time only. It's running through the holidays, so check that out on Marvel.com. Uh, it's all over the place. There are stories, but there's also ads. Or if you just go straight to Marvel Unlimited, you can access that. So if you don't have Marvel Unlimited, or if you want to get it for a friend or family member or loved one. Perfect time to do it. Gift it for that special someone in your life. Gift it. Unwrap it, as uh, is the language all over our website right now. Unwrap it? Unwrap. There's nothing to unwrap. unwrap it's a digital thing. Unlimited. You're not unwrapping unwrap anything. It. The code to get the offer is unwrap. Who comes up with this? Michael Cram. Damn it, know. Michael. It might not be, but no, I want to. It's like, let's put it on Michael yeah. Cram. Why not? It's great. He's a good dude. I got games news, too. Um, two updates to Avengers Alliance, which I spoke to. Justin Woods about both of them. That's the addition of Molly Hayes as just straight up, you can just buy her in the store. I already did character. And then Hybrid is available as this crazy lockbox challenge where you have daily challenges, like kind of like Dr. Doom last year, uh, leading up to Christmas. And then depending on how many lockboxes you get, you get to open them up. Hopefully you get Hybrid. But also, uh, in the most painful story I ever had to post on Marvel.com, um, there is Inhuman Spec Off. It looks like a lot of fun. The reward hero is Crystal. My least favorite character of all time. Legitimately Ben's... Ben, it's like his gambit. It is my gambit. Um, when I was... And I've talked about it before. You know, yeah. people know the deal. But when I was going through with Justin, like I was going through our transcript yesterday, and there's a full page of me explaining to him how much I dislike Crystal, which I just took out of the article because I'm like, this is a long article. <laughs> um, <laughs> and people like, it's fine. But so anyways, Crystal was literally leading our homepage yesterday. Uh, she's the character of the week. Proud the moment for you. This week. Uh, yeah, Mark Strom IM me and said, I don't even know you anymore. Uh, it was <laughs> terrible. But if anyone can make Crystal cool, it's the folks at Marvel Avengers Alliance. Hey. So try hard to get her. And Maximus is in the game, too. Yeah. So that's good. I like Maximus. Yeah. It's cool. Uh, Marvel Heroes put out or are putting out a new one-shot mission called March to Axis. So they're actually going to tie into Axis. That was real quick turnaround for them. Uh, there's some real Red Skull action. There's some Hydra stuff. Should be really cool. We got some videos and uh, some other previews. Marvel Puzzle Quest added Electra, making it approximately 800 characters that are now available in Marvel Puzzle Quest. Seriously, though, that game is fantastic. I got reset, as I talked about last uh, week, but I'm still playing it. What a heartbreaker, Getting though. my way back. And uh, just a reminder, Marvel Contest of Champions is available. Uh, I don't know if we brought it up last week or not, but it's out. We've been playing it. It's awesome. 
It's a lot of fun. Someone at the party last night was like, "Have you? did you know we have this game called Marvel oh Contest God. of Champions? I was like, yeah, man. Yeah. I'm, I'm pretty hip to that. Yeah, we did a little work with it. Um, it's great. I was playing it. I got delayed this morning in Newark, and I played it the entire time. <laughs> um, I am having a lot of fun with it. I just got Gamora. Um, nice. So I've got a, quite a few champions at this point. Um, and just to wrap up the game section, congratulations to a bunch of our games that all won awards this week. We'll have a story up on Marvel.com, but... Spider-Man Unlimited, uh, Contest of Champions, um, the Universal Weapon, the Guardians of the Galaxy game, and there's one more. Oh, and Venom Pinball from Zen all took home Apple Awards last week. Nice. So really big for them. Wow. Yeah. They won the Applees. They won the Applees. Nice. Um, what other news? There was something in, stuck in my craw. Oh. Uh, stuck in your craw. Yeah. Well, I guess we can't talk about what we did on Tuesday. No, we can't. I mean, we might be able to, but I... We can't do it. Yeah. We can't do we it. Can't we, do did it. Some, we did something on Tuesday, guys. It was super cool yep. and super secret. Yep. Uh, but, yeah. Let's kick it. You know what? Let's just kick it to Mark and uh, Patrick What's and see what they face? got. Maybe they have something interesting. Yeah. Uh, hopefully, they're both in to record it this week. Uh, They've knows? been sick. It's not. Whatever. Yeah. Hello. This week in Marvelites, this is Marvel.com editor Mark Strom, joined by... Marvel.com assistant editor Patrick Cavanaugh. For another three installment of the Stromy and the Wolfman show, starring Stromy and the Wolfman. This week, it's, uh, well, we're heading into the holiday period, so things are sort of slowing down until the new year, but we had some new stuff this week, a new Marvel's Agent Carter poster that we debuted, a second one. Of course, we gave you a look at the first one last week, which had Peggy sort of standing in a uh, red hat and blue coat. <laughs> sort of standing in a red... I would say she was definitely standing okay, in a right, red hat and fair, a blue... That's fair. That's a, fair. She is definitely standing. Is she called a blazer? No, it's like it's a... a jacket? It's a coat. It's like a pea coat type thing. Look more like a jacket than a coat. I don't... No. It, anyway, now we got another new shot for you. You can see it up on Marvel.com. This week we also have an all-new episode of This Week in Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. where we talk with co-executive producer and second unit director Gary Brown. It's some very cool behind-the-scenes stuff, some stories about some of their location scouts, some of just sort of what is involved in physically producing uh, the show. I know we talk a lot about like the writing and the acting and all that, but Gary is sort of the guy who is in charge of, you know, making sure they actually have locations to shoot on and making sure all the equipment is there. And while that all might sound a little drier, it's actually, I don't know, I think it's very fascinating. We also chat with BJ Britt, who plays Agent Triplet. Uh, we posted our interview. Uh, uh, earlier this week or last week in which we talked about his role in the winter finale. So, of course, if you haven't seen it yet... Do not read. Yeah, don't read the interview. And go watch the winter finale and then read the interview. What are you waiting for? Maybe. Why, why are you not watching it? Maybe, th maybe they just want to make sure you want them to watch it, Patrick. Oh, okay. Well, you're getting a thumbs up over the airwaves right now. And on the note of This Week in Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., I should mention that uh, we will be taking a short hiatus over the holidays. This week's episode will be the last of this year, and we will be back Wednesday, January 7th, with a special Marvel's Agent Carter episode in which we talk about the series premiere, because, of course, that is coming up on Tuesday, January 6th at 8, 7 central on ABC. 
All right. Well, pretty much wrapping everything up, we have some best of the year lists going up. I know you've probably seen a lot of uh, Ben Morse, editor, senior editor Ben Morse, posting a lot of best comics of 2014, best team-ups, best heroes, best villains, all that type of stuff. We have a few over in our neck of the woods for Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. We've got the top ten biggest, I guess you could say, like, twists or moments from the year, which includes at the second half of season one. As reveals. Well as, yeah, biggest reveals, as well as the first half of season two. Um, we have the best lines from Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy, best moments from... Marvel's Captain America, The Winter Soldier, and Patrick, what we got going on for animation? Oh, well, we've got a list of the best team-ups that happen in the Marvel animated series, and also the top takedowns. So those are the, uh, the bad guys that the, uh, appeared on the animated series that were triumphed by our heroes. Not sure you use triumphed correctly, but we'll let it slide. But anyway, you can check all those out on marvel.com. Uh, a lot of those will probably be up by the time you are listening to this, and those that aren't will uh, should be going up on uh, Friday, I think. Uh, yeah, and uh, you mentioned comics that will all uh, also be posting a Civil War list that, as we're gearing up for... Uh, Captain America 3, Civil War. In it, it, it's just called Captain America Civil War. Th three Captain, Three America. The way I write not, it is... That's not the title. The way I write it is A-M-3-R-I-C-K nope. colon uh, Civil Wars. No. And then I spell it wars with a Z nope. on the end. That's Everyone, do not listen to Patrick. Anyways, we've got uh, a list coming up that just kind of recaps all the monumental events and earth-shattering moments of Civil War. So that's the enough. comic storyline, of course. The comic storyline, because I've not seen... Okay, I've seen the movie that's coming out in 2016. <laughs> it is really good. Okay, that's Patrick, once again, lying. He's a liar. And that's, that's not really a best of 2014 because that comic series did not happen in 2014. That's more of the Marvel 75th anniversary celebration. Yep. All right. Well, that pretty much covers everything we got. Of course, not sure if we'll be uh, chatting with you guys next week, if Patrick and I will be involved. If not, we wish you a happy and safe holidays. Until then, we wish you a splendiferous weekend, splendiferous week or weeks thank you for listening and as always remember drink your ovaltine all right we are back i didn't thank know you we boys. were coming back you didn't count us in or anything yeah no that how about that well because i was rolling around in my chair so i know i have to keep you uh on your toes i am not i am sitting yeah and rolling around in my chair just that's so. right uh so it's well, time for what before we get into what? MRC, what? What? Huh? i feel like because this is tradition people expect us from us now we should probably talk wrestling for a sec there's lots to talk about. Did we? We didn't get to talk no, about. No, because it was oh my Thursday. God. Our so evolution. Our evolution. So, last week, from that Sunday to that you know Saturday, you know, if you look at it Sunday that to week, Sunday really. Or yeah, yeah, I forgot about TLC. Oh, but uh, between Ring of Honor Final Battle mm -hmm. and NXT Our Evolution, right. those were the two best wrestling programs I've seen yeah, all amazing. year long, yeah. with w hands down. Yeah. 
the best wrestling, period. Uh, super fun. Uh, we probably talked about we talked about the final League battle. Of Honor last we did, time. we did. So we did not. So, so this is our evolution. We were going into it. Our evolution. I oh my god, it's so good. It was really good. You watched it before I did because I had family in town, so I couldn't watch it right away. So I had to wait until the weekend to watch it. So yep. it had been built up for me. Um, I was blown away. Kevin Owens is an instant star. Yeah, they're handling him so well oh my god um and he really he stepped up i will say one thing i noted because i was tweeting along with as i was doing it is that the somersault plancha you know where you flip over the top rope was used in like four matches four matches i was so into it though oh no it was great everyone did it a little differently yeah and but there were a couple of them like owens and uh sammy Zayn took bumps right on the small of their back like right on their butt like and it was just uh they both like paused for like a mm-hmm. half second because mm-hmm. you knew like oh they, that hurt them, but then they were right back up and rolling. Uh, you told me that the women's match between Charlotte yep. and Sasha Banks was the best women's match we've seen all year, and I wasn't sure because there have been some really good NXT women's matches, and I'm with you. It was yeah. really good. It, it it may be in my top five matches all year long. Period. Wow, not just yeah. I mean, it was uh, a phenomenal. Match. Yeah. Probably all my top WWE matches are NXT NXT matches. There were some good WWE matches. There are some matches I've liked. But, yeah, NXT has been phenomenal. And I got to learn through Twitter that Sasha Banks is a Marvel fan. What? Yeah, because I just tweeted out that it was a good match, and I was not expecting a response because I didn't like she wasn't at the beginning. And she just wrote back, like, oh, my God, thank you. And then I followed her and looked into a little, and she's really into Dragon Ball Z. But I did see some people asking her, like, comics questions, and she talked about how much more she liked Marvel than the other company. I love her so, even more now. Yeah. She's so she's great. good. And she's from Boston, so I know that eh. moves the needle for eh. you as well. Eh. Yeah. Eh. And then we got to talk about your boy uh, Finn. Oh, my his, God. His entrance. I, you know, like, so being a, a Prince Devitt fan yep. for a while, you know, you know, guys, if you don't know, Google Prince Devitt paint. And he did uh, body paint for years mm-hmm. when he was in New Japan and, and traveling the world and uh, he, many times he would do m- Marvel versions yeah. of it. He did Spidey like, 2099 is the he most did recent one I remember. It was Spidey great. 29, 2099 did Carnage, he did Venom. Uh, I tried to get him to do Punisher but he, was, he wasn't he was sure about it because mm-hmm. uh, there was nothing really for the face for him to do. Um, skull mask. Yeah, he, he wears was, a skull mask now. Yeah. Well, anyway, yeah. Uh, we had talked about him doing Nova at one point. Oh, I know, I know. Out. Uh, so, uh, yeah, he and I had talked about that a lot, which was great. But I wasn't sure if they were going to do it mm. in, you know, when he moved I like over. that they waited to the special yeah. event. That's it, cool. it had such impact and yes. importance. And they gave him the entrance that he deserved right. for it. You know, like. Right. And I, I kind of feel bad. I feel bad for Hideo Tommy. Like, and he's Poor so guy. good. He's so good. But he is being overshadowed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's not. It. He'll have. You know, I'm. I'm totally confident that he's gonna be fine because he's so good. The best thing they should do right now is split them and feud them. Yeah, hundred percent. Turn Hideo heel. Yeah. Have him go after Finn Balor. The crowd loves Finn Balor right now. Have yeah. him fight and have him like because re- I. Because the only thing I think that's holding him back right now is I want to see him be really like vicious. Yeah. I think he would benefit from that. Yeah. So I hope they kind of split them and work them against each other. Uh, the my One of my favorite moments of the show was when Hideo was about to go for the GTS. Oh, yeah. Because he, he created the he move. He did. Uh, he innovated it. And so I, the, and the, crowd, yeah, the crowd knew. And the crowd yeah. was like, oh! The crowd was so great. That that crowd is so hot. And yeah. it, 
you know, you you have to, you you liken it to an ECW arena crowd because mm-hmm. there are a lot of the same people there every show. Yeah, yeah. They yeah. they because I, I when I was there, I watched people will go to the show and then they will wait after the show for the tickets to go on sale yeah. for the next time. So they're they're like they're just sure. coming back and coming back, sure. which I think is great. It, like it adds a different element. On the flip side, it's tough because yeah. that's a very specific. Uh, crowd mm-hmm. for that crew to work at, sure. work in front of. I know it's vastly different, right? Like it's yeah. vastly different than going into a, a, a cold arena mm-hmm. uh, that people may or may not know you, like a, a bigger crowd. You know, it's it's very different. But a lot of these guys have been doing this for so long; yeah. it's fine. It doesn't matter. I, when when the when that one dude started chanting Kenta and the rest of the crowd booed him, <laughs> that was tremendous. Yeah, that was a moment. And then the main event was awesome. <sighs> Uh, these guys, obviously, it's it, it, the story of 2014 in NXT. It's kind of cool, is that literally from the first special was Sami Zayn not being able to win the big one, and it's just kind of cool. They they really coherently told this story of parallel of Adrian Neville winning the title and then kind of like you know getting a little full of himself, and then Sami Zayn not being able to do it, and then slowly turning it around. And this is just the perfect culmination. I'm not even talking about like the post match angle yet just the match itself so feel good uh sammy zane's i don't know what to call it when he jumps through the corner uh, from the outside and does the oh sweet my DT. god maybe i was waiting for moves. them to, to replay it because we were watching it so live good. and elizabeth had turned she away she, and she loves watching it's the NXT. best move it is and he's only done it twice before in nxt yeah he's only once or twice Cesaro. before yeah, yeah. And it, it's and it, it's so good. How he does it, I have no idea. Because uh, he's, um, he's amazing. So that was he a great match. Legitimately and then, of incredible. course, and it was just beautiful to say, like, this is the end of one chapter, and now here is Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens, which was Kevin Cena and El Generico. I mean, it's crazy that, I think it was three years ago, they headlined Final Battle, and then a couple years before that, they were kind of like a, like a mid-card comedy tag team to see where they are now, yeah. where they're going to be on top the NXT, and then eventually... Like, it's cool. Yeah. It's very cool. For those of you who are just watching NXT, check out Ring of Honor. Go to their archives. Like you can watch a lot of the old stuff online. Get their DVDs. Yeah. There's amazing stuff with with those with everyone yeah. that you like. If you are a pure wrestling fan, yeah, everyone you like has probably been to Ring of Honor and done some amazing stuff. True. I'm trying to think. So I think it was Final Battle 2012 Doomsday. I have never seen it, but I watched the lead up package to it. If you guys go and watch that via Ring of Honor. It has a Steen Jericho match, but it also has a great video package that just like shows their whole history. If you want to see kind of the the secret origin of Kevin Owens versus Sami Zayn. Yeah. Uh, All right. I think we've done our requisite five minutes on wrestling. Probably yeah. a little more. And uh, I feel I I totally blanked on TL. Legitimately, like oh yeah, on Sunday, I went. Uh, you know, we were doing stuff. I we ran a bunch of miles, and then I came home, and I just played video games all night, all day long. <laughs> And I just kept playing until like eleven o'clock. So you just never. I for, yeah. I, I, until I turned the game off and I looked at Twitter for the first time in hours. I was like, "Oh right, there was right. a pay per view." I have watched. I didn't watch it either because um, my wife had been working all weekend, so I wanted to spend time with her. I didn't want to be like, "Hey, welcome home. I'm gonna watch a pay per view." Yeah. Um, but I've been chipping away at it this week. All I've watched so far is the first match, the Harper Ziggler match. How did they? How do you start the pay per view with I that know, match? From what I understand, it was great. It's an amazing match. It's scary. Because like, they take crazy bumps. I, I'm going to watch it this weekend. Yep. 
And I listened to Cheap Plug, our friend Aubrey Citizen's uh, podcast, mm -hmm. Straight Shoot, which is great. It's the smartest wrestling talk show out there. Yep. And uh, I listen to that usually when I don't get to watch a show because they just have great commentary. And it's so positive. Like, yeah. He's just so... Aubrey loves everything, and it's great. Yeah. And it, in it, a good way. Yeah. In a legit way. Yeah. So I, I listened to that. I got the gist. I know what I'm going to like look for in, mm -hmm. in the show. So I will watch it, but, man, you can't beat... Ziggler Harper was amazing. Oof. What a week of wrestling. What a week. And now I think we have, like, nothing for, like, six weeks. Oh. That's fine. Yeah. Get back there. All right. So, Twim URC, you selected the original Marvel Zombies, including uh, the three issues of Ultimate Fantastic Four that led into it. Yeah, boy. Talk about it. Uh, so, what is this happened in when? 2005 or six? I was at Wizard, and I just start. I think it was five. I could be yeah. wrong. The first, yeah, it started in 2005. Uh, I remember, Secret Origin, but I went out, literally I'd been at Wizard maybe two months, and uh, two people we used to work with, Dylan Brucey and Brennan McGinley, uh, I don't know where either of them are now, hopefully. Brennan works at CBS Man Cave. That's right, okay, Brennan works there, and Dylan um, moved to Pennsylvania. Um, but anyways, they took me into New York City, first time I'd gone into New York City since moving out here, and we went to a Miller World drink-up deal, mm -hmm. and... We got some FaceTime with Mark Miller. It's the first time I ever met him. Just incredibly sweet, incredibly nice. And he just says to us, he goes, he goes, oh, I want to tell you guys about this idea I have. And we go, oh, really? What is this? I think I'm going to do it in the Ultimate Universe. He goes, the idea is I want to do the Marvel Universe, but as zombies. Um, and he goes, and he just he basically outlined Marvel Zombies, um, or at least the Fantastic Four portion of it. Um, so I heard about it, and this was a good like at least eight months before it happened. So that was my first ever experience of knowing like a comic before it really came. But I will give credit to, because he's talking about how, how terrifying that the Marvel heroes would be as zombies. And I will give Brendan McGinley of CBS Man Cave credit for having the great sarcastic jerky line of saying like, oh yeah, because if the Hulk had super strength, he'd be terrifying. <laughs> and I was just like, what? why? Why? Wah, Mark wah. Miller's being so nice to yeah. us. Why are you doing this? Anyways, that's my Marvel Zombie story. Mark Miller's great. Nice. Uh, so, yeah, this starts in the Ultimate Universe, and it was such a great uh, swerve because oh, yeah. yeah, the, yeah. the covers and the story, it was like, all right, these Ultimate Fantastic Four kids, um, there had been the talk of, like, they're never going to cross over with the Marvel Universe, but then we get this story, and it's, you know, it's young Ultimate Reed uh, interacting with... Uh, an older, mature Reed Richards with a son and everything, and they're talking about, you know, like, this, and we're going to cross over, you know, like, we're going to come to my universe, you know, what kind of coffee do you like, yeah. this whole thing. The title of the story is Crossover. Yeah. So it's it was really misleading. <laughs> in the best way possible. Yeah. It was so good. And then Swerve, Re uh, Ultimate Reed makes the transition, and, uh-oh, he was lied to. Uh, we get this great story where uh, the... Everything is ruined. Uh, and uh, we get the origin of it, which is basically something happened mm -hmm. in space and Sentry uh, was infected. I love that it's Sentry. Yeah. This is poor Sentry. Yeah. Poor, poor Sentry. Uh, he comes down and within three days. Yeah. Th it's terrifying. They wipe out the entire planet. Uh, so, you know, in the, the Fantastic Four part, you know, it's, it's really cool. We get to see, you know, Magneto and. Uh, as the last, you know, non, um, non-infected, super-powered person, and uh, the Fantastic Four characters are shunted over into the Ultimate Universe and captured. Uh, but you know, like 
it, it's cool. There's it, it could be a great standalone story, yeah. but we took that and ran with it yes. and and picked up right where we left off with Magneto having just you know gotten uh, you know gotten Young Reed away safely, and then we get him standing up against just the Avengers, the zombie Avengers, essentially, and there's just disgustingness. Uh, Kirkman of The Walking Dead fame wrote it, yeah. uh, wrote this portion. Far and away, his finest zombie work in Marvel <laughs> Zombies. Uh, and we've got um, amazing, amazing art from Sean Phillips. And, um, I mean, like, he just, he's so good. So good. Um, you know, it's really just a, a cool story that is terrifying and depressing. Like, that's the thing. The bleakness and the the legitimate like sadness of this universe mm. it's palpable it's like god these uh, like when the characters start talking about what they've done yeah. and what how they feel and like there's a bit of remorse here that's and there. where it's really awful it's not like like this is a gross book it's yeah. really gory it's very violent i remember kirk uh, kirkman at the time talking about like i can't believe how much he got away with in a mainstream marvel comic yeah. but it's the downtime it's when they're talking. It's the mundane moments where you're like, oh, my God, things are so bad, and they're never going to be good again. Yeah. That, uh, yeah, that's where it really was a powerful story. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, just twisted stuff. We find out what's going on with Black Panther. Oh, Black uh, Panther in this story, man. Just the, you know, infighting with all the different zombies. Yeah. We've got, you know, like, and it, it's not a straight, you know, straight mm -hmm. conversion of the Marvel Universe. So you've got, like, Captain Marvel is still alive. Um, Steve Rogers is Colonel, Colonel America, America, and he was president for a little while. Yeah. Which they just reference offhand. Yeah. Um, I like that Thor has a makeshift hammer because he obviously wouldn't right. be worthy Not anymore. Worthy anymore. Uh, nice little touches. Yeah, really good. Uh, they had never faced Galactus before in this universe, so Silver Surfer shows up. And that's a big part of oh it. Oh, my God. So great. Uh, Silver Surfer shows up, and that changes everything. Uh Galactus eventually shows up. It is, it's great. It, yep. It's just a terrific, horrible story. It is a horror story. Uh, another thing I just remembered is I actually before the book came out, I talked to Kirkman about this again for Wizard. Um, I love that we can always tell our you know Wizard backstories now because you know what are they gonna do? Yeah. Um, Suck it, Wizard. Yeah. Uh, wow. Um, and I was talking I love, about the. I loved working on Wizard. I, I had a great time. Um, I was talking about like you know who. Who did you want to put in this story? Because this yeah. is before he had revealed the cast, and he goes, "Oh, he goes, Hank Pym's the lead character." I'm like, "Really, Hank Pym?" He's like, "Yeah." He's like, "He needs to be." He's like, "He's just the." He's like, "He's the perfect voice for this kind of story." He goes, "Because he's smart, but he's not like Reed Richards smart, um, and he's just so kind of like practical, but also just kind of glum." He said he was the perfect way to be like, "He's a hero, but he's a very kind of." There's an edge to him. Yeah. There's a you know there's a very human, flawed edge to him, and he goes for this kind of story. I'm you know I'm paraphrasing. This was years ago, but for this kind of story, like Hank Pym and just kind of like the way he's a little glib and you know trying to be practical, perfect voice. And he was right. He was absolutely right. Yeah. Totally um, works. Um, you know it just it, it it's a big old popcorn story. Yeah. And that you might throw up from all the gore and stuff. It's really yeah. gross. But uh, great stuff, yeah. and it's super cool to, to see how it all shakes out. Yeah, before we get to comment questions and comments, one last thing I wanted to say yeah. about um, Ultimate Fantastic Four in general, because the first time I'd read Ultimate Fantastic Four in a while, and 
I just say, like, now that we can kind of look back retrospectively, like almost a year in the past, that was one ultimate book that I always thought had a lot more potential than an got there. I think the idea of a young Fantastic Four is really, really cool. Mm-hmm. And I think we got some really great stories out of the book. And I remember Mike Carey had like a nice long run. But I think it was kind of hampered by the fact that Bendis was on Spider-Man and he had such a clear creative vision from the start. Uh, Miller was on Ultimates and X-Men and he like knew exactly what he was doing. And Ultimate Fantastic Four, I remember we launched it and it was Miller and Bendis, but then it quickly went to Ellis and then it quickly went back to Miller and just kind of like went hot potato for a while. But reading this would really remind me, I was like, man, that was like, there's some good stuff there and I think there could have been more. So I think that's a really cool concept that maybe there's still, you know, all the characters are still around. So yeah, there's a lot of hope for that. And I love Evil Reed Richards. You won't read Richard. That's nothing to do with Marvel Zombies, but I just was kind of kind of my thoughts on like Ultimate Fantastic Four was a really interesting book that I still think has uh, has some gas in the tank. Yeah. Um, all right. So um, I think also there there's so much that you can read coming out of this. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have in front of us the Marvel Zombies Complete Collection Volume yes. One, which contains the Ultimate Fantastic Four three parter, uh, and then Marvel Zombies One through Five. But it also has the follow-up that happened in Ultimate Fantastic Four. Right, because the zombies, well, the Fantastic Four zombies came back. Yeah. Uh, it has a Black Panther story where... Yeah, that Reggie the, Hudlin. Yeah, Reggie Hudlin, but at the point where Panther and Storm were part of the Fantastic mm-hmm. Four, uh, where they deal with, uh, like, you know, basically right after yeah. the first one, it sort of fits right in Because they deal with there. the galactus Marvel Zombies, right? Yeah, Galactusified. Uh, Marvel Zombies Dead Days. Oh, that was which really is the, sad. That's the one that tells the... Yeah, the, it's the origin yeah, of it's, Marvel Zombies, and it's super, It's super basically sad. from, it, it's, you know, like, the three pages we get in Ultimate Fantastic Four about yeah. the origin of what happened. And My yes. boy Nova has a key role. Yeah. He screws things up. Oh, Spider-Man so... stuff is the saddest Spider-Man oh, stuff you'll God. ever read. Oh, God. Just looking at it again. Yeah. I'm, oh, God. Um, I think uh... before we move on, we got to talk about the covers, obviously. Oh, yeah. The Sweden covers. Yeah. Um, Arthur Sweden was not really a known name before this. Came in, did these Marvel Zombies covers that were homages to old Marvel covers as zombies, and they were just in and of themselves. I remember Kirkman says in his introduction, he says, you know, like that made the book. Like it went to like fifth and sixth printings, yeah, in large part off the off the covers and how cool and how inventive they were. They're yep. so gross. Ones that grossed me out the most were always the ones where uh, he somehow incorporated eyeballs. Like there was a there was that Wolverine with his uh, claws out, uh-huh. with the Hulk's reflecting, but Wolverine's mouth is just full of eyeballs for some reason. Yeah, I mean, obviously, obviously. why wouldn't it be? So it was super creepy. Those are fun. Yeah, super great. Uh, yeah, look, yeah, you're right. Eyeballs yeah. out here on the weird. Daredevil one. He just likes trying eyeballs. I mean, who doesn't? I would draw eyeballs if I could draw. Yeah, I yeah. guess. Terrific. I like the yeah, I like the Captain America with the like little uh, nest in his head. Yeah, there's a bird nesting there. Bird nest. Brilliant, guys. I'm I'm glad we did this. Yeah, it was yeah. a good, right, good know, choice. Good right choice. before the holidays. Yeah, Feels just good. in time for Halloween. No, nope. Um, yeah, it was a good choice. Yes. Uh, so let's dive right into what you guys have to say. Um, we'll jump right in with Agent Twim. Says, "Woo, Marvel Zombies for Twim URC." Uh, Kirkman, Phillips, and Soydem, and then doesn't give anything about the book. That's all right. But he, that's okay. He said what he I'm thought. Glad you're excited. Yep. 
DJ Fanko says, uh, thanks for Twim URC this week, but I didn't care for the Marvel Zombies. Well, except mm. for the Ultimate Fantastic Four story. That was cool. Magneto is the best part of Marvel's Marvel Zombie story in Ultimate Fantastic Four. I will say, this is a story that I can see being kind of an acquired taste. Yeah. It is very, 100%. It is very dark. It's a different style of art. So someone not caring for it, it's not the type of thing where I'm like, what? I'm like... I like it, but I get, I get it. I get why it might not be your thing. It's not that it's bad. It's just it's not for everybody. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Jim Radloff. Anyone else notice that when Marvel zombies get infected, their lips fall off almost instantly? Right? That's you, a, know, that's you know a lot about zombies. Yeah, I mean that, that happens. That's part of the zombification process. Yeah. yeah. So Daredevil's blood goes to his ankles because his heart isn't beating. One, all of their hearts have stopped. Well, yes, his heart isn't beating, so blood can't move around. Well. His chest, there's right. a hole in his chest. He mm. has no heart. Yeah. The rest of them, yeah, I I don't know, man. Yeah, it's zombies. It just let it happen. It's yeah. cool. Funny to see Wolverine on the other side of a fastball special. <laughs> it took me until the last issue to realize Galactus is actually a good guy here. Is he, though? He's just Galactus. He's just Galactus. He's never a bad guy or a good guy. Yeah, he's, he's a, a force uh, of nature. He's a force of nature. I this, just said that. This this bothers me. Nova, Black Bolt, Venom, Captain Marvel, Moon Dragon, and Super Scroll are here, but nobody knows who Galactus is. Like we said, it's an alternate universe. Galactus may have been, he may have been traveling a completely different path. Yeah. He's, he has the whole universe's disposal, so he has never come to, you know, the Scroll world or any of these other worlds here, or the Kree world. Or the cosmic like uh, tin cans with string may yeah. not have, you know, worked out there. He is making his way around, and he just got to Earth, and he was going to go to those next. Yeah. But here it is. Finally, I'm glad for Marvel Zombies return since Zombie Spidey could be a huge problem in Spider-Verse. Guess. I guess he dies in that. One. I guess he dies in that. Sure. One. I don't remember. Yeah. Kyle Charles says, started Marvel Zombies from this week's reading club. Totally forgot that Ultimate Johnny Storm had an, oh <laughs> an early 2000s boy band so haircut. Good. Yeah, Greg Land draws some amazing hair for him there. So good. Oh, so good. Yep. Uh, he says, I really enjoyed Ultimate Fantastic Four prequel to Marvel Zombies. I really liked the yeah, art. That was a really good inclusion. I, yeah. I, that was a, like, kind I, of it, a gem. Yeah. I, in hindsight, we probably should have included Dead Days as well. Hmm. But that's okay. You guys can read that afterwards. Uh, Kyle says, the one universe where Magneto isn't, mm. ain't a jerk. He gets ripped apart by Zombie Hulk. Sucks to be Magnus. He's still kind of a jerk. He's just sort of like. It's he's necessity. Like, yeah. He's like, at this point, well. There's like five people left, so I can't be a hater. He full on admits it. Yeah, yeah, he says he's like, if if this didn't happen, I would still be Magneto. Yeah. but you know, whatever, I'll roll with it. Yeah, zombie banner not being able to digest Magneto is hella oh, funny. It's so gross. Oh, uh, and the, yeah, with the bone protruding. Uh, Kyle says zombie Hank Pym keeping T'Challa tied up in a secret lab to snack on. No, nah, not creepy at all. No. Uh, and biting off his wife's head, even zombie yeah. Hank Pym is a D-bag. That was like, that was, that was the, wow, okay, they're going there moment yeah. where he bites off Wasp's head. Yeah. Uh, emotional zombie Spider-Man makes me laugh. He's so great. He's just, Sad. oh, it's horrible. Uh, why would you try and bite a board made out of power cosmic silly zombie Tony? There, I, I think and that I can get a little bit of logic there because the hunger makes them crazy and illogical. Yeah. And they, yeah, they just, think. yeah, they're they not thinking. thinking. Um, where are we? He says, the zombie heroes really like biting people's heads off. Something I learned by issue it's, three. It's an instant way to eat a lot of food. Yeah. And these guys are just fighting for scraps, so you want to get as, as big a bite as you can right off the bat. Yeah. Uh, Kyle says, whenever Cortez shows up, oh nothing good can follow. Gotta love Fabian Cortez. That, 
Robert Kirkman loves the 90s. Yes. And whenever he can, he will work in a 90s character like Fabian Cortez. Well, he should. Fabian Cortez is a great guy in oh. this, though. He's like a hero yeah. of heroes. He's like, hey, we need to do this. Come yeah. with us if you want to live. Yeah, uh, he says, much. also, T'Challa is stuff. still a badass with one arm. Of course, T'Challa's he's, amazing. He's the Black Panther, yo. Black Panther is oh my God. the stud of studs. So this good. Uh, now they have resulted to eating themselves. And again, what have they got to lose? Nothing. Uh, zombie Stiltman. Yeah, really? Yeah. Okay, I, I would have thought they would have eaten him quickly, though. Hey, man. Just gotten rid of him. Whatever. It's all good. As he escaped. He says, oh, poor alien planet. Yeah, bad stuff ahead. And he says, Marvel Zombies was an interesting read. I found it really funny and entertaining and might even catch out, uh, catch up on the other there, parts. There's a lot to read. Yeah. So enjoy. Olarty says, zombies, zombies everywhere. Ah. Great comment. <laughs> I love it. Penelope Cat. Um, haven't read this story in forever. I love the evolutionary hostage crisis. That's from the Ultimate Fantastic Four part. Was this Miller's solo return to Ultimate FF after issue six? The dialogue has that distinct Miller no-nonsense patter. Yeah. Um, after he and Bendis launched the series, like I said, Warren Ellis did some issues. Then he came back for not just this story, but a couple stories, like a limited run. Um, the story really highlights the differences between Ultimate and Classic Universes, which helps set up the classic Reed twist. Yeah. I remember being totally faked out by Classic Reed's appearance the first time I read this, even knowing the truth, it still works. I'm a little hesitant to talk about the art. Greg Land has become controversial in the past few years, but I've been banned for a while. Totally relevant. I first saw Land's work on Storm Quest from Caliber before he did anything for DC or Marvel. Also loved Birds of Prey and Sojourn. I haven't followed the controversy, so I can't comment. I do know that at his best, he brings a realism to his superhero stuff. In this issue, he does a good job of contrasting the bright, shiny world of the FF with the dark, nasty look of the parallel world. Yeah, I think he shines in here. There's a lot oh, of yeah. he does really he does the, like the scary really well. He draw because his people look so realistic. His zombies are even more terrifying because it really looks just like a real person with like a jaw missing or something. Yeah. He was a good artist for this. The Colonel America reference quickly and neatly establishes this is not the main Marvel universe. I love that the zombie apocalypse happens in just two or three days. That's very powerful. I want to eat the girls. I need to read some classic Ant Pam from Ant Man from when Hank Pym wasn't defined by his abusive sexism. <laughs> well, we we read some classic Ant Man, and he wasn't a great guy, even in those. No, first he's kind of a jerk. He's Hank Pym. Take him or leave him. Um, some really creative, if brutal, use of Sue's powers in Ultimate FF twenty three. Yeah, Miller was very clever with that. Favorite bit has to be all the zombies sitting around griping about stuff. It's a zomcom. Yeah, that is a great I term. Mean, what are they gonna do? They they've got nothing has more to eat. Has Zomcom ever been used before? Was that just coined? I'm sure it has. I'm oh, sure it's, it has. it's still pretty great. Hadn't noticed Thor's makeshift hammer. I actually didn't notice that either until you pointed it out. Um, makes sense. These no longer worthy to carry the real one. Yeah, it, it's like uh, a cinder block on a stick. Yeah. It's great. Um, if the zombies were only lucid after eating and Tony hasn't eaten for days, how is he so chatty? Well, they can still talk. They're just not like focused. Yeah. Right. Um, love the Wolvie Iron Man zombie fastball special. Tough to get rid of Galactus when everyone who did it before has been eaten or is in another dimension. <laughs> Were there not like a zillion sequel miniseries as replying to Asbiv, who talks later? There are a bunch. There was Marvel Zombies 2, Marvel Zombies 3, and then I think they started going into like Marvel Zombies Return, Marvel Zombies Supreme. Yeah, there's a whole bunch. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of Marvel Zombies books. Um, Marvel Zombies really succeeds because it's so over the top crazy, but written completely deadpan. It's not a parody, but it doesn't take itself so seriously that it isn't fun. Sean Phillips does a great job combining the superheroes with the horror, with the emphasis on horror. Sean Phillips is tremendous in this. So good. Um, Marvel Zombies was as much fun as I remembered. Now to find the time to read the bazillion follow-ups. Very good. 
Ronaldo Gesmundo says in the Ultimate FF books, love the use of Reed's powers. Never seen it so creatively used and scarily oh, yeah. from Zombie Reed before Sue Spasm. Yeah, he's like he mm-hmm. he turns into like almost goo mm-hmm. and seeps out through locked doors. It's t- gross. Gross. Uh, Rafa B says. Johnny Temples in quotes, my family is dead. What happened? I ate them. Hashtag zombie Zombies spidey. spidey. Uh, is, what page am I on? Go to Squirrel Claws. Thank you. Yeah. Um, Squirrel Claws says, it must be fate. Marvel mm. Zombies just a couple of weeks after getting my hardcover signed by Sean Phillips. Neat. Loves the series. Time, plat- time platforms and doorways to alternate dimensions never end up well. Very rarely. Yeah, seriously. Uh, he says, I feel that like they got Magneto spot on. He isn't a villain, just someone who fights for his people and the human race sometimes, too. Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, Squirrel Claw says, mm. even as a zombie, Peter can't get a break. I'm sure my, I'm sure Aunt May must taste of wheat Aunt May probably tastes terrible. Yeah. Terrible. Mm. Like yeah. mothballs. Old meat. Uh, Squirrel Claw says, that <laughs> scene where the leg pops out of Bruce's stomach always makes me flinch. It's got to stay. It's awful. Asbiv started the selection with Fantastic Four issue 21. Looks like a great story. Haven't read much from the Ultimate Universe. I like the art style in the first issue. Cool to think how the pieces will fit together in this story and later in Secret War. This is going to be a cool thing to pick up on in Secret Wars. Uh, Finished Ultimate Fantastic Four part. Makes me want to read more of that series, which it should. Felt like an abrupt ending. Maybe Marvel Zombies picks it up. Kirkman's first issue of Marvel Zombies was disgusting. Well written in graphic art that conveys the horror well. It's disturbing how rational and strategic the zombies are. Watching Hank eat Black Panther and kill Jan is frightening, and Tony is sick. Great to see some survivors in Marvel Zombies number three. Next, it looks like Battle of the World Eaters as Galactus arrives. Also loving the homage covers on Marvel Zombies. Great sound effects on the full-page spread when Galactus first attacks. Those are pretty good. We have a Choom and a Saroom and a Goom. Lots of great stuff in Marvel Zombies 4, Asteroid M, Jan's Head is a Weapon, Hurting Galactus, and Forge, and more characters. Forge! Yeah. Forge, I knew you would love, love it. that. Forge. The maker! Yeah, every hero infected by zombies, but Forge, A-OK. I love it! He made it. Uh, another awesome page from Marvel Zombies oh, 5. Wait, here's what? the thing. Couldn't Forge have made a thing to cure the zombies? Like, he can create anything, right? I think he was more focused on just getting people He can away. create anything! You know what? Forge is a selfish jerk. I've said it many times. True. He, True. He, he doesn't care. Gotta he, love he's him. like, I'm not going near that stuff. I'll stay up here on this asteroid. <laughs> I'm going to hang out with Fabian Cortez. Yeah, I'll make fake legs for people. I'll make uh, prosthetic legs for people. That's it. Me and Fabian Cortez forever. Another awesome page of Marvel Zombies 5. Heroes and villains attacking each other to see who eats Galactus. This is a nice homage to every time heroes charge at each other ever, specifically from uh, X-Men, Uncanny X-Men 99. Uh, and then finally, finish Marvel Zombies. Fun story with great art. Did anything more happen with these characters or this universe? Well. Indeed. I think we covered that. Yeah, but, I mean, yeah, there's there's a ton. A yeah. ton, ton, ton. Uh, you can read pretty much all of it, I would imagine, on... Just go Unlimited. to Marvel Unlimited and type in Marvel Zombies, and you'll see all the various series that have Marvel Zombies in the title. Yeah, there's there's checklists around. There's all yep. kinds of stuff that we've made. There's been toys and statues of this. Um, there's a handbook. It turned out to be quite a thing. Yeah. Who knew? People loved the zombies. They did. Yeah. Combined with Marvel. Yeah. Well, uh, it's time for uh, our next election. Yes. Uh, in keeping with the holidays, I don't know. There's, there's no rationale. Uh, we're doing a nice, quick, fun read. Uh, it's going to be as X-Men as Guardian Wars, which is a two-parter from the 80s by Chris Claremont and Art Adams. Uh, in large part inspired the current storyline going on in all new X-Men, not directly, but in terms of kind of feel. And it's just a great, uh, it's a great story. And... Um, 
We'll get to it either in two weeks, three weeks, or something. We'll see. We got to figure out our holiday schedule, so we'll keep you posted via. I th- we might be able to get to it I think in we'll two probably weeks get to it for the last weeks. episode of the year. Yeah. Um, and because you'll be here for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, next week I'll be running solo. Yep. So guys, get ready for that. Get hyped. Get pumped. Get pumped. Uh, it's going to be a humdinger unless I can convince Nick or somebody to join me I'm for sure a little you can while. Convince somebody. We'll see. Um, but yeah, yeah. Read that. Uh, we'll have the issues up for you guys on Marble Unlimited as always. And um, I guess I won't talk to you guys till after the holidays. So happy holidays for me. New Year's is still New Year's a holiday. holiday. Happy Happy Hanukkah, Hanukkah if you're celebrating. Happy Hanukkah. Merry Christmas. Happy Kwanzaa and any other holidays that fall between now and the last week of December. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, guys, thanks a lot for listening. Remember to rate, review, subscribe, all those good things. We really appreciate it. And uh, this is Marvel, your universe. <laughs>